Hi, and welcome to the Speed Blue podcast. As always, we're brought to you by The Writing Pal. If you've got a book in you, let The Writing Pal help bring it out. We offer coaching, editing, and design, and we can even publish your ebook or paperback and get it up on Amazon within a matter of days, all at competitive prices. Get in touch with us at thewritingpal at gmail.com and let's get started on your book. Hi everyone, and welcome to the third installment of the Speed Blue podcast. This episode is about edge defenders, what we used to call outside linebackers, or uh, hybrid uh, linebacker ends, basically pass rushers, uh, but in the Colts system it gets a little more complicated. But before we get to that, we have a little bit of uh, house cleaning and some news to get to. Um, the first thing I want to mention is, as a listener pointed out, I referred to a former Colt uh, incorrectly. His uh, name was, uh, his name is actually Dejon Smith. I called him Dejun. I was reading it. Uh, I know Dejon Smith, but uh, uh, just a slip of the tongue a couple of times over. Um, and sharp-eared listeners were also noticed that I referred to uh, Christopher Milton as Morris once, but uh, I think everybody knew what I meant. The other issue on the docket is that there's actual real news. Um, the Colts have a fourth-round compensatory draft pick. Um, they were awarded. Um, the Colts have had some um, luck over the years, uh, or good judgment, uh, with compensatory draft picks. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out is Bethea, the great safety, or Bethea, sometimes he says. Um, Tylen Hagler was a decent player, uh, Matt Giordano. Uh, of course, Mike Hart uh, went up and down, despite a lot of people thinking he was going to be great. Pierre Garçon was excellent player until he uh, bolted for Washington. Um, Vic Ballard was a big uh, uh, hit with uh, fans because of his never-say-die attitude. And uh, I still think Denzel Good still has a lot of uh, good football in front of him. The big difference with compensatory draft picks this year is that they can actually be traded. The Colts want to move up um, an extra fourth-rounder. Uh, might help. But the bad side of compensatory draft picks is that a lot of teams get them. And the fourth rounder that the Colts have is pushed way back because there were so many given away, I believe it was 16, uh, between the third and fourth round. So it's really more like a fifth rounder than a fourth rounder. Uh, Still, so now let's get to the meat of the episode and actually talk about edge rushers or outside linebackers, if you prefer. Um, In the Colts system, there are basically two different um, uh, positions. The uh, the fellow on the left, uh, usually on the left, is more of a containment first uh, player and uh, pass rush second, uh, whereas the player on the other side, usually the right, is uh, mostly all pass rush. Um, uh, in a good example uh, of, of how this works is uh, when the Ravens were at their uh, very best um, Paul Kruger played the uh, containment position, and Terrell Suggs played the uh, pass, rush, pass rush position. Both would get their sacks, but uh, it was really Suggs they depended on for uh, pressure, whereas Kruger would work, um, you know, sealing the outside, uh, containing the tight end, doing the best he can um, there, and then think pass rush. Uh, it was very effective. Um, I'm not sure if the league has moved on past that, Um, or if the Colts just have uh, insufficient personnel. Uh, Last year, they certainly had insufficient personnel. I think they were 30th in overall pass rushing. And uh, it's not getting any better because the Colts 
three top um, outside linebackers or edge defenders from last year. Two of them are unrestricted free agents and another one retired. Of course, the retiree is Robert Mathis, one of my favorite Colts of all time in any position. Um, he came out of nowhere, for Alabama A&M at least. Uh, he was fifth rounder. He was 235 pounds. Nobody thought much of him. And he was a historically good pass rusher and uh, specialized in strip sacks. Um, but age and uh, Achilles problems and other injuries took their toll, and uh, he retired. Um, sure, he probably could have squeezed another season out, but it's good to see him uh, come out, uh, you know, in his last game. He got a strip sack, which was uh, uh, really sweet for uh, Robert and all of his fans. The next two guys are uh, both unrestricted free agents. Um, Mathis's backup uh, is Trent Cole, um, who is a veteran who played very well uh, at defensive end for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles for years and years and years. He was signed by Grigson uh, sort of as a replacement for Dwight Freeney, uh, and it didn't really work out in Indy. He supplied some pressure, but not as much as his contract uh, would indicate, and he has definitely slowed down and really hasn't been very effective at making the transition from uh, hand on the ground and to stand up linebacker. Um, it's very unlikely the Colts will resign Cole uh, for any amount of money. Um, so I think you could consider him a former Colt. The funny thing is Cole was signed to replace Dwight Freeney. Um, Freeney's bounced around the league a little bit since he left the Colts, but uh, has still been an effective situational pass rusher. Uh, was very good with the Falcons this year, made it to the Super Bowl. Um, kind of makes me uh, wish the Colts had kept Freeney instead of uh, signing Cole. The other unrestricted free agent is the uh, longtime starter on the other side, the more containment position, Eric Walden. Uh, Walden has always been controversial with Colts fans. A lot of people didn't like it when he was signed away from Green Bay. They didn't think much of him as a pass rusher. Um, I always kind of defended Walden. I thought he played his position fairly well, and uh, now that he's uh, an, an unrestricted free agent, the Colts have a big decision to make. Uh, the funny thing is, uh, the big complaint about Walden's play, particularly in Indy, is that he has not supplied a consistent rush. Ironically, last year he got recorded 11 sacks, that's one-third of the Colts' 33 in total, um, but as you know, many observers, certainly the analytical uh, guys will point out uh, those 11 sacks did not represent uh, consistent pressure. Uh, the way to think of Walden's season is to think of someone who um, hit 25 home runs, but also hit 203 with 12 doubles, no triples, and struck out 180 times. Uh, it wasn't a consistent pass rusher, and those 11 sacks... Uh, might fool some fans, but they're not going to fool um, NFL GMs. Uh, certainly, I don't think it's going to fool the Colts uh, GM. They know what Walden is. Walden's actually a pretty good player. Um, the kind of guy you can get by with, but you kind of want to replace. Uh, not very good zone coverage. Uh, can't really shed blocks that well. But he's a secure tackler. Um, pretty good off the snap. Um, and is very aware of what his job is. Um Walden could be back, I mean, because without him, there's really very little talent uh, at, uh, at uh, outside linebacker for the Colts. Uh, but uh, if he commands a big price tag, uh, I don't expect to see him back. And he really has Grigson regime written all over him. So the new guys might think that uh, uh, they're better off without him. 
If we look at the players that the Colts have under contract at the position, we can see there's, there's uh, some familiar names, a little bit of talent, but really nobody who makes you think he's a sure thing. Um, the best known probably and the one who uh, played the most uh, is uh, Walden's backup, Akeem Ayers. He's bounced around the league for a little while. We've seen him. We've seen him play 4-3. We've seen him play 3-4. We kind of know what he has. Um, you know, he's a, a decent rusher. He had a couple of sacks last year in limited uh, appearances. Um, gave some uh, gave some pressure, but he, he really doesn't have much in the way of pass rush moves. Uh, he's kind of limited, but he's quick off the snap, and uh, he knows where he's going there. Um, much better than Walden in coverage, um, but he's a, you know, a hair behind when it comes to play recognition. Um, he can fall for uh, play action and fakes and uh, um, not always in the proper position. Um, that might sound like a indictment, but Ayers is, you know, he's not a bad player. He's certainly... Um, not a huge drop-off from Walden. If the Colts don't sign Walden and the best they have at the position is Ayers, it wouldn't be a dire emergency, but uh, he's someone you'd want to replace as a starter, but certainly a, a good spare part to have around. The situation on the other side, the primary pass rushing side, is a lot more dire. Um, there are three prospects that are uh, very similar. Um, let's start with uh, the one that Colts fans tend to like is uh, Kurt Majit. Um he played uh, a lot of special teams last year, a little bit on defense, um, and we saw what he had. Um, I might be wrong, but I think he looked like an inside linebacker playing outside linebacker. Uh, he doesn't really uh, have the, the quick off-the-snap uh, zoom forward that I like to see, um, but he does a lot of things right. Um, he's a very, very sturdy tackler, uh, very strong man. Uh, great in zone coverage, like really, really good. Um, of course, you know, he's young and he had his problems with, you know, recognizing plays and understanding uh, what was going on and falling for uh, tricks. But, uh, you know, I think he has a future. I say his future's inside, uh, but that's just me. Uh, I know the Colts are uh, desperate both inside and out and Majit uh, uh, will get a look. Uh, for sure. Uh, I see career special teamer and uh, sometime player out of him, but I definitely don't see a primary pass rusher. There are a couple of other pass rush prospects the Colts have seen a bit of uh, on the roster. The first uh, I'd like to look at is LeVar Edwards. He's a great big guy, six foot four, two seventy seven, a converted uh, defensive end from LSU. He never started in college, but he played a lot and showed some... Uh, signs of uh, potential. Uh, unfortunately, the Colts have had very bad luck in trying to convert you know, three-point stance uh, defensive ends into stand-up rushers. If we look at Trent Cole, it didn't really work out. And uh, of course, uh, Bjorn Werner um, looks like it uh, ruined his career, you know, if he, he could have had one. But uh, Edwards has seen some time on defense for the Colts, and he did record a sack last year. Uh, very limited playing opportunity and applied some pressure. Um, the, the thing you have to remember with Edwards is that he is a guy who didn't start in college. He's trying to make a uh, conversion to a whole new position. So you're going to see flashes, things you like about Edwards. I mean, he's very strong, um, 
not defensive lineman strong, but definitely linebacker strong. He's pretty quick off the snap, uh, and he has a, a pretty effective bull rush. And then you see the other side. Um, he is absolutely lost in zone coverage, knows nothing about it, really doesn't have any pass rush moves other than there's the passer, I'm going to go get him. Um, but those are things that can be taught. Um, I think that Edwards has a future, um, but you can't really say that he's uh, – someone you would want to depend on. I'm sure the Colts have given plenty of opportunities and reps uh, in training camp and in the preseason to see what he can do. You never know with these guys. I mean, I was just looking this morning, Mario Addison, um, who's been sort of a sack machine for the Carolina Panthers, he uh, just signed a three-year, $22.5 million deal. And you probably remember when he was with the Colts, he was in very much the same position Edwards is now. Um He's better off in the Panthers' scheme, but, uh, you know, the Colts could have worked with him. and could have kept him. Unfortunately, they didn't. Um, the other guy is uh, DeAndre's Mount. Um, I saw him play a little bit, not with the Colts. Well, I saw him in the special team with the Colts. I didn't see him on defense. Um, he is another one of those guys who, um, you know, really uh, lacks the bulk to be a defensive lineman, but lacks sort of the move skills to be an outside linebacker. Um, that doesn't mean he's without talent. Um, certainly he is the speediest of the guys, uh, we're looking at here. Um, he's probably the, the quickest off the snap as well. Uh, unfortunately he's not, uh, super strong and he doesn't really have the pass rush moves. Uh, when I saw him, uh, I saw, you know, some guy who really has talent, but really isn't sort of the most natural pass rusher. Um, the Colts really, I think, have him penciled in on the pass rushing side, but I think he'd be better off on the containment side um, if Ayers or Walden is starting there um, and the other one is gone. Uh, you might see Mount start the training camp and preseason actually on that side. It'd be better for him. I think it'd be better for the team. Um, not everybody has the gift of pass rushing um, the way that, uh, the Colts are looking for on that side. And I think that Mount would be better off as a special teamer and a backup on the, uh, containment side. They also have a guy named Chris Carter, who you guys might remember. Um, I like Carter. He's another college defensive end who, um, the Colts are trying to make into an outside linebacker. Um, you may probably remember him from Fresno State. Um, he is, uh, you know, Different from the other guys, because generally with the other prospects the Colts have brought in, they're big, strong guys who are sort of very simple in their game, don't have very good pass rushing moves. But Carter's different. He actually does have good arm usage, and he does have some pass rush moves. Uh, the problem is he's nowhere near as strong as the other guys. Um, pretty speedy uh, by the standards of the position. Decent um, burst off the snap. But he can be handled pretty easily and isn't really a big tackler um, and isn't as strong as you want at the position. He could have some use uh, for the Colts uh, as a special teamer or a backup, but uh, definitely don't expect Chris Carter to uh, solve the pass rush woes anytime soon. And the last guy the Colts have on the roster at the position is Alex Bazzi, who is uh, a veteran of the CFL, and I know that... Uh, a lot of Colts fans are having images of Cameron Wake uh, dancing in their heads, but uh, Bazzi is not quite on that level. I saw him play um, with the British Columbia Lions. He got he recorded um, 
I think it was 29 sacks in three CFL seasons. You have to understand the CFL season is 18 games rather than 16, and that uh, because they have one fewer down in Canadian rules, there are three downs to make 10 yards instead of four. The running game is an afterthought. They pass on basically every play and uh, designated pass rushers. Their only job is to get to the quarterback. Um, and Bazzi did all right, but was not a world beater in the CFL where you're going against uh, you know, starting offensive tackles who have day jobs. Uh, you have to take the um, Bazzi love with a little bit of uh, salt. I know the Colts have had very good success with uh, players coming from the CFL. Uh, but uh, of the CFL stars we've seen come to the NFL, uh, maybe one in ten of them works out. Um, keep your eye on Bazzi. I mean, he's, uh, he's certainly got some pass rush potential, definitely has moves, but uh, might be overpowered in the NFL game. So what do the Colts do? Well, obviously they could turn to a veteran free agency. Um, I am philosophically against signing veteran free agents because you almost always um, get less than you think you're going to get. And even if you do get a quality player, you pay through the nose for them, generally have a much longer contract than you want, so you're saddled with all that guaranteed money against your salary cap. But you have to make exceptions from time to time, and this is kind of an emergency. The Colts are wasting the best seasons of uh, Luck and Hilton's careers, Costanzo's, uh, by not having a supporting cast around them. If they're going to make the next step with those guys, you have to work while the window is open. So I understand the desire for um, veteran free agents. Of course, everybody knows that the top edge rusher, edge defender in this class of free agents is uh, Melvin Ingram from the Chargers. Ironically, Ingram started his college career as a defensive tackle. Um, and that's actually part of... Uh, his story, because when he went to the Chargers in the first round um, in 2012, he wasn't very good for two years. Um, but uh, once he came around, he became a pretty spectacular rusher, um, certainly in the top 10 year after year, uh, as far as the um, position is concerned. And he, the Chargers play a defense very similar to what the Colts do, so he could just walk in and start for day one. But, you know, he is not um, really in the top four or five. He's not going to turn around uh, the defense all by himself. He will provide pressure and uh, is a decent, definitely a decent player against the run. Um, he would uh, walk in and start from day one and hold down the position, allowing the Colts to draft elsewhere. But that said, Colts are hardly the only team who want Ingram and uh, they might be put off by his contract demands. There are other pass rushers around. Um, Chandler Jones, who was with the Cardinals, um, he's pretty productive outside. Um, I think he uh, really wants to go back to the Cardinals. He's played uh, both with his hand down and standing up. Uh, if he is available, he might be uh, a better bargain. Uh, than Ingram. Uh, he's less well-known, he's well-traveled, but he is probably um, just as good a pass rusher, definitely not uh, uh, Ingram's uh, match as a run defender, but uh, a pass rush is what the Colts need. 
um, and Jones could figure in there um, as a cheaper alternative or if Ingram is wowed by another team. Um, there's also uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, I would avoid him, not because uh, he's made uh, uh, a mistake with fireworks, but because he's really a 4-3 end, uh, and bringing him outside would probably be a mistake. And even though he's only 28 years old, he's been around forever and has put up uh, a lot of good numbers. But um, I think he's wearing down. Uh, even at, at such a young age, I would uh, put a buyer beware tag on Pierre Paul, and uh, I would hope that the Colts would pass on him. And that brings me to the guy I really want the Colts to make an effort to sign, uh, especially if they can't get Ingram, and that would be Nick Perry of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, another guy who was a first rounder who was really not that effective at the start of his career, um, but uh, once he all put it together, uh, he was uh, outstanding. Um, he's not the pass rusher, uh, Ingram or Jones or even Pierre Paul is, uh, but he's very complete and uh, he's certainly a better pass rushing option than anything the Colts have had since Mathis and Freeney were in their prime. Um, I think that the, what gets me about Perry as opposed to Ingram and the other guys is uh, he's really only now putting it together. And he doesn't have the wear and tear of some of the other guys. So Perry could be an excellent option if the Colts are looking for a veteran free agent to um, shore up the position. Um, and if they get a better pass rusher in the draft, um, they could put definitely put Perry in the containment position because he's that talented and he's that kind of talent. Um no matter what, I think the Colts would overpay if they uh, go to veteran free agency to fill the linebacking positions, uh, edge defender positions. But uh, that's just the way the NFL is right now. There are essential positions and you overpay either in free agency or draft position. And they are quarterback, pass rusher and pass protector. And the Colts have great quarterback, a pretty darn good pass protector in Costanzo, uh, but what they're lacking is a pass rusher, and they have to get one either through high draft pick or uh, veteran free agency. It's do or die. If the Colts fail to sign a starter um, or two uh, in free agency, including their own free agents, um, they'll turn, I would think, to the first round of the draft for uh, edge defenders. If, I th think it's still too early to really say, oh, they'll get this guy, they'll get that guy. Um, we don't know how the draft's going to fall. We haven't seen much yet. But you know who the usual suspects are. There's Michigan's Taco Charlton, who will probably be gone by the Col by the time the Colts pick, unless they trade up. Uh, Tack McKinley at USC. Everybody knows that he's you know a great pass rusher, but uh, don't know uh, too much else about him. Um, I think Reddick is not a guy the Colts really need. Um, because he's not a pure pass rusher, he'd be okay on the other side, but that's not really, you know, the priority right now. And uh, Tim Williams, we all know what's up with him. You know, throw him in there, see if he can get to the quarterback, but he's got some baggage, and we're not sure he can do anything other than show up on third down. Um, someone else might surprise us, but uh, right now those are the guys we're looking at. A lot of people like uh, Derek Barnett, of course, I do too. I mean, he's a great player, but again, you know, the Colts have had such bad luck taking college defensive ends and trying to make outside linebackers out of them that uh, he might not be the best choice for them right now. To sum it all up, the Colts cupboard is bare at the uh, outside linebacker edge defender position. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they 
signed a veteran free agent and picked uh, one first or second, or if they don't sign a veteran free agent, uh, pick first and second or first and third. That's how desperate the the situation is at the position. Uh, It would be great if they could sign a veteran free agent, plug him in, and then maybe the first rounder could be used for another position of need, like inside linebacker or corner. But uh, it looks like uh, there's going to be a lot of competition for the veteran free agents that are out there, and the Colts better be prepared to pay. As always, um, that's the Speed Blue podcast. Uh, I love hearing from other Colts fans, whether it's on Reddit or Facebook or Twitter, or you can get me at thespeedblue at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and um, please send in any suggestions or improvements that uh, you think the podcast could make. Thanks. Bye.